listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of What the Dev. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about the role of the SRE, the Site Reliability Engineer, how it's expanding beyond the core tasks of simple reliability, expanding into... Uh, helping create platforms and more to help organizations better bring everything together. With me today is Nayaranan Raghavan. He's the Senior Director of Site Reliability Engineering for OpenShift at Red Hat. So we were talking about, you know, how the role has been established, you know, why it's still relevant and, uh, you know, where you might be seeing it go from there. Sure. So, uh, with site reliability engineering, the focus is or is and has always been on reliability, uh, performance, scalability. How do you manage distributed systems at scale uh, across, you know, this in our current world, uh, across hyperscalers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as the SRE model matures, you should naturally start seeing uh, bandwidth start to emerge for the SRE teams bandwidth to then focus on things like self-service capabilities. And I say bandwidth because SRE teams are increasingly exposed to what it really means to take uh, a product, an application, and uh, run it, manage it at scale, uh, thinking about reliability, scalability, et cetera. Uh, But as they do that, they're also looking back and saying all of these uh, teams, application teams, product teams, et cetera, there are a common set of, you know, I call it capabilities or building blocks, common set of building blocks that everybody needs, common set of capabilities that everybody cares about, things like uh, blogging, metrics, uh, alerting. How do you actually package that up in a way that the individual development teams don't have to reinvent the wheel? Mm-hmm. So, Building those self-service capabilities uh, through SREs and the evolution of SREs, in my mind, as the SRE teams mature, uh, they get into the platform side of the business where uh, they're actually calling out gaps in um, in the self-service capabilities so uh, the development teams, the product teams actually can benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So, so would you say that as this matures and evolves, that SRE is kind of almost a almost a misnomer, uh, you know? Because the first thing you hear is reliability. You're like, okay, so it's it's more about making sure the systems stay up, the, you know, they don't fail, and and if they do, how do you deal with that? Where now it is almost more, as you said, you know, building out these these platforms, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, bringing all these components in that help developers do their job uh, better and to make sure that these applications do run well and are performant and all of that. Yeah, so I don't know if I'd say SRE is a misnomer by any means. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I'd say in the grand scheme of things, uh, SRE as a, uh, as a role uh, doesn't go away. Uh, the focus on reliability, the scalability does not change, right? Uh, and with any product, any application, it's always evolving. Things are always changing. The underlying technology is always changing and moving. So uh, I think with the core SRE function uh, in many ways becomes a foundation uh, and then you build on top of it. So as the as the team that uh, focuses on SRE capabilities uh, starts to mature, 
you get into, okay, how do I get into robust CI/CD practices? How do I build uh, capabilities for my development teams to onboard quickly and easily because it then makes my life easier as an SRE. It makes the developer's lives easier because they don't have to worry about, you know, like I mentioned before, observability, uh, specifically logging, metrics, alerting. Yeah. Uh, you know, how do they think about DR or incident management, incident rehearsals? Are there things that uh, that uh, the SR, the engineers, let's say specifically SRE engineers, uh, can put out uh, that helps with those uh, self-service uh, capabilities? And that essentially ends up becoming the core, the foundations for what is really uh, a platform uh, mm-hmm. for internal development teams. Now, SREs will not be doing all the platform development, but SREs contribute uh, in large part towards the platform development. And then you have the platform engineers that whether they come from development teams themselves or you hire them from outside. So I look at, you know, when you draw a Venn diagram, I look at uh, SRE and platform engineering as two fairly overlapping circles, but not entirely overlapping. Mm -hmm. Right. So it isn't similar to like where, you know, people talk about wanting to hire the mythical full stack developer who can do everything. This role seems to have exploded to almost be similar to that in that they have their hands in so many things, the the uh, SREs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, how do you find these people? You know, what do they need to bring to the table to even start to to be in that role? And, and where does it go from there? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I think. In general, uh, trying to find find a perfect SRE is a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I say that and partly also because I, I don't want to find that perfect person because that perfect person, when they start on a team, they're going to get bored, you know, a month, two months down the road because, mm-hmm. you know, been there, done that, give me something else, give me something new. I want to learn something different. So right. I, I am generally looking for people with potential. So let's say from a, from a hiring practice perspective, I look for people with potential. Uh, and when I say potential, these are people that are, uh, in some cases, traditional software engineers, but have a systems mindset, you know, can think about systems at scale uh, and approach problems that way. Or people who are systems engineers, but can understand software engineering principles. So I'm, I'm, I am, from a hiring practice perspective, I'm looking for uh, people that fall in that bucket specifically because then I know that I can invest in them and as I invest in them and as they learn the space, they invest back in the company, they invest back in the team. So I am not looking for a perfect fit. I'm in fact looking for people who are um, in, in many ways eager to learn, uh, can understand uh, technology and understand how to pick up different spaces quickly. Uh, and you know, first and foremost, I should have said, you know, they're great communicators uh, because part of the part of the job function from an SRE perspective is how do we communicate effectively, you know, both in terms of data that we see and observe uh, with SLOs or error budgets or what have you, uh, and in uh, qualifiable terms to make sure that uh, the development teams actually empathize with customers. Right. How do you empathize with the customer? We actually talk about use cases. We actually we talk about uh, specific things that are impacting customers' uh, experience 
uh, in the customer journey that's that matters for the product or the service. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about skills, uh, you know, and listening to you, it sounds like soft skills are really almost as important as any technical skills they can bring to the table. I would actually argue soft skills are going to be more important than technical skills. Mm -hmm. Because I can, with technical skills, I can train someone. I can, I can you know, have them go through a course, take a, you know, um, get a you know, bachelor's degree or what have you. Uh, it's, it's harder to find people with the soft skills and the technical skills. Uh, soft skills becomes more important because as SREs, we're interacting with customers. We're interacting with partners. We're interacting with development teams, with product managers, et cetera, making sure that everyone understands what it really means to be in the customer's shoes when you're using and consuming a product, that mindset uh, and the ability to actually articulate that is absolutely vital for, uh, for a reliability engineering function because then we, we, we start to look at what, if, if, uh, if something really matters to the customer, should probably be looking at, uh, you know, kind of gets into the cause and symptom-based learning, the, the specific causes that matter and therefore um, uh, the, the symptoms that show up to the customer uh, and what it is that we need to get alerted on. Just as an example, right? Uh, we get alerted on things that matter to the customer. Great. There are specific actions we can do to fix those alerts or to fix, uh, to fix the underlying issue. Uh, but more importantly, we understand it because we work with the customer, we work with the partner to uh, really grok their use cases. And then we can share that back into the product teams to make sure the product matures and the product uh, is uh, self-sustaining. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, okay, so we talked a little bit about, you know, how the role uh, began, how it's evolving. Is is it now? Do you think fully understood and fully fleshed out? Are there other areas where we might see this role expand into, or uh, you know, is pretty much this it? Um, that's a great question, and, and uh, I think uh, the the SRE space itself uh, is maturing. Um, different levels, different companies. The company's mm -hmm. culture matters uh, in kind of molding it. Uh, executive buy-in matters and making sure that they have the support, right. uh, how you hire for people, your hiring practices, your onboarding practices, those start to matter. And then we'll start seeing uh, a corresponding evolution in processes around uh, the, the SRE space itself. And this is specifically a process around, uh, for example, how do you react to incidents? How do you react to budget overruns? Uh, how do you react to... Uh, escalations uh, and, and change it from escalations to tracking SLOs, uh, establishing SLOs to begin with, and making sure you have regular reviews of SLOs and SLIs. But those are core SRE practices. As that evolves towards now getting into self-service capabilities or uh, getting into making sure that uh, the development teams, the, the product teams are actually benefiting from all that knowledge SREs have built up, uh, getting into the observability space. Uh, I think that's a natural progression that we're now seeing. And uh, at some point for me, uh, getting into uh, AI ops and uh, using AI and ML um, uh, technologies to specifically help with what it is that SREs do today that can be completely 
you know, automated. So we get go from uh, a few tickets to completely ticket less uh, using AI ML uh, and start to get into the predictive side of things. For me, that evolution, I know we're, we're uh, starting to talk about it, but that evolution hasn't, uh, you know, fully uh, come up or matured yet. Mm-hmm. So curious to know, uh, and I'm sure it's going to be different in every organization, so there might not be just one answer for this, but I'm wondering where SRE fits into like an org chart, you know, like uh, who who are they reporting to, who are they managing, you know, things like that. Yeah, so um, I've, I've had the, I'd say, um, opportunity to to have SRE teams reporting up to different groups in different times uh, mm-hmm. over the years, uh, and I'll say... SRE is being a sister organization to uh, the engineering teams is is vital, if not uh, important, for the entire function itself. Mm-hmm. I, and I and I say that uh, primarily because you know there's always urgency, there's always pressures on all teams. But when push comes to shove, uh, teams are going to prioritize for what they think is important. And when when SREs uh, are generally speaking uh, fully roll up under a particular engineering space, uh, then we tend to see the engineering priorities uh, take precedence over the reliability priorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, having a seat at the table from an SRE perspective uh, to make sure that not just you know uh, the a single engineering team, but assuming you have multiple engineering teams and product teams or what have you, understand what it means uh, to actually put out a service that's reliable and scalable uh, and understand what it means to wear, uh, you know, the customer's hat, that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So having seen both sides of the model, I'd say uh, SREs uh, as a uh, central group, a minimum set of SREs as a central group uh, is important for uh, making sure that they have a seat at the table to influence broader uh, prioritization processes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have individuals that are actually embedded uh, within the uh, individual engineering teams. And part of that is uh, so you can actually get the engineering teams. And this is the, how do, how do, how do engineers actually empathize with the customer? It's easy to throw something over the fence. It's harder to actually, you know, when, when you're woken up at 2 a.m. in the morning, that's when you feel the most pain. Uh, so how do you get engineers to also feel that pain, but ideally in some limited capacity so they can also focus on what's important in terms of building the product and sustaining the product. So from an organizational perspective, I think there's merit to uh, a, a central team as, as the function matures. Uh, early on in the majority, uh, being, being a de- completely decentralized model, uh, in my mind, makes a lot of sense because you're a lot more nimble and agile. But mm-hmm. as, as, the, as the product matures, having a more central function to think about reliability at scale becomes important uh, and to also start pushing, getting back into self-service capabilities and uh, into things that um, you know, platform engineering teams are now starting to pick up. Uh, do that work in a way that individual product teams don't have to reinvent the wheel? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So uh, here's an interesting question, I think. Uh, how do developers uh, view the SRE role? Um, 
I think I think there's the whole spectrum, right? Uh, you've got you've got developers. Um, again, depending on the majority of the organization, you've got developers uh, who uh, understand it, who engage with SREs up front. Uh, and from my perspective, I'll, I'll categorize it into um, into three different buckets. Toil for SREs should become tech debt for development almost immediately, right? You don't have to go through uh, a separate, you know, core prioritization process or what have you. Uh, a second bucket is uh, when developers, and again, more mature organizations, you have when developers are actually starting to architect something, a, sorry, a component that's completely net new or what have you, uh, to pull in the SREs and engage with SREs up front so SREs can participate and think about how do you scale that particular uh, component? How do you uh, think about reliability? What makes uh, sense in terms of uh, what, what, do we, what do we monitor? What sort of metrics do we gather, et cetera? Now, that's that, something that developers don't normally think about as they're writing code. Exactly. Yeah. And so in mature organizations, uh, that becomes an important bucket where developers start to engage out of their own volition instead of being told that they have to do something. Right. Right. So for me, that's the second bucket. So you've got the uh, toil for SREs becoming tech debt for uh, development teams and development teams actually embracing it uh, as the first bucket. And then second bucket being uh, developers start to engage with SREs up front during uh, the design architecture lifecycle of uh, software development. Uh, and then third bucket is SREs themselves, as the SRE model matures, uh, yeah, they, SREs write a lot of code. Uh, they, they are seeing things that uh, development organizations or product develop or product management teams don't normally see. And these are things that are, like I said earlier, capabilities or building blocks uh, that matter to all teams. So when SREs are building those capabilities, SREs engaging development teams up front during the process where they're actually building those self-service capabilities, that becomes important because it's the development teams that are then adopting uh, those self-service capabilities that SREs are putting out. So for me, those are the three big buckets where uh, you've got uh, toil for SREs becoming tech debt for development teams, development teams engaging with SREs up front um, for you know, uh, product development uh, and design architecture, SRE teams engaging development teams up front for uh, building self-service capabilities or tooling that's required uh, to you know manage a fleet of uh, you know your applications or clusters.